Welcome to Radical Simple Living, podcast number four. Now, if this is your first time, you can listen to this as it is. It's not a problem. Or you can go back and listen to earlier episodes. It's not important. You can use it any way you like. That's fine. I'll just explain to you, if you are new, that this has all been recorded from my kitchen here in the forest in Smallland, southern Sweden. I'm surrounded by uh, the forest, but uh, in the room with me are a cat or two and a crackling fire in the background. It's pretty much unscripted and very much unedited. All I do is I pause uh, if I need time to think or if I need to put another lock on the fire or let a cat out of a room. Other than that, it's just me talking. Um, You can leave me messages if you like, either here where you're listening to this podcast or on social media where you find me as Ray Lovegrove on Facebook or Twitter or Mastodon. I'd be pleased to hear from you. Now, today's topic really is uh, something quite important uh, in your quest to live more simply. So far, I've been exploring the territory. I've been getting the terminology right, defining what radical simple living really means and trying to set the uh, horizon for what we want to do and where we want to be. And it's quite a difficult thing because, of course, we're all starting from very different places. Um, Some people are simple living in a flat in a city with uh, not a lot in the way of land to use, uh, other than maybe a window box or a balcony or something like that, or maybe only a windowsill. Some people are listening from a 30-acre plot that they've got with a homestead in the middle and they're working on building their livelihood around the homestead and around the food production they can do on that land. Now, simple living is for all of you and it's for everybody and it doesn't necessitate that you have to have a certain set of things to start up with. Obviously, it's a journey And the thing about journeys is we don't always end up where we think we will. Um, I gave up full-time work about 20 years ago. Um, 20 years ago, next July as it happens. And I didn't expect to end up living in the Swedish woods. And I didn't expect to be having the kind of life that I have now. But it's been a journey. It's been a very good journey. But it's been a journey with a few unexpected turns. And if you start off on a journey to improved and increased simplicity in your life, you don't know where you're going to end up. You might end up in a 30-acre homestead somewhere, or you, you might not. It doesn't matter. The journey is more important than the destination. So because we're all starting from somewhere different, our journeys aren't going to be the same. So please don't worry and think you can't do it or you can't live life more simply you can. And in today's episode, I want to tell you exactly how you can do that. Now, I'm very fond of quotations, not for themselves and not necessarily famous quotations. I I put a lot of quotes up on social media, but these are mainly ones I get from reading or from reading people's blogs or just things that come to me that I I want to uh, I want to take a snapshot of a particular thought, and that's what a quotation is for me. We're used to seeing still photographs. People post them all the time on the internet. 
And a still photograph is exactly that. It's a snapshot. It's not a moving picture. It's not a dialogue. It's not a, a long-term piece of... Um, I'm going to have to stop a cat scratching something. No, the cat's given up anyway. That's good. Um, and quotations are like that. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, you've taken that out of context. Um, but almost every quote is taken out of context. That's what that's what they are. If somebody quotes you something from the Bible, they're going to take it out of context. They're not going to read you the whole chapter or the whole book. They're just going to say a sentence and they'll, it'll have a beginning and an end, but it will be cut out of something bigger. And all quotes are like this. And I don't think that matters because the important thing about a quote is what it sparks off in your thinking and whether it makes you think a little bit more deeply about something or it helps you crystallise in your mind what you've been thinking of. And that's really what quotes do. And it also doesn't matter if you agree with the person you're quoting because that little bit of the quote is the important thing. A quote is like a spark that can start a fire. And a quote is uh, a spark for thoughts in your mind and directions your thinking might want to take. It doesn't matter where that spark comes from. It's what that spark does that it's important. And I'm going to start uh, today's episode with a quote from John Lennon. And I will confess right away, it's a quote that I've always got wrong. Now, uh, I'm not a great one for quoting John Lennon. He did say lots of good things. He also said lots of things that... Uh, really aren't that deep I don't think but this one this one is and I've always quoted it incorrectly because I've always said how can I go forward when I don't know which direction I'm heading in and what he actually said it seems was how can I go forward when I don't know which way I'm facing let's hear that again how can I go forward when I don't know which way I'm facing and a lot of us have problems. At the moment, there's a cat struggling to wrest my chair away from me. The cat wants to be on the chair, but I want to be on the chair too. One of us is going to have to give up. And I don't think it's going to be me, but we'll see how that one goes. Um, yeah, how can we go in a direction if we don't know which way we're facing? If you know which direction your life is going to be heading in, you can make progress. If you don't know which way your life is going to be heading in, you can't. Now this creates all kinds of difficulties because it's, a, it's an odd time on planet Earth at the moment, isn't it? We are faced with all kinds of difficulties and problems that most of us didn't expect to be facing. And because of those difficult times, a lot of people are reassessing what they're going to do in the future. Once upon a time, the future looked clear and we all had a pretty good idea of where we were going and what we were doing. But now a lot of us find that our plans have had to change. We can no longer do what we thought we were going to be doing. We've got to reconsider. We've got to look carefully at the direction of travel. And some of you also in your personal lives might be facing problems. Things, situations that you thought were good or not good. Jobs that you felt secure in maybe are not that secure. Um, your plans which you had have maybe had somebody else scuffer them. These things happen in life and they seem terrible at the time but quite often this can be a, a bit of a, a, a reinforcement 
of the direction you want to go in. It can suddenly crystallise things in a way that you understand better than you did before these events took place. And I'd like to think simple living is a little bit like that. Simple living is an idea that lots of people toy with and they say, oh, I wish I could live a really simple life. They, they read Little House on the Prairie books or they see some television programme about somebody living in a cabin out in a mountain range somewhere and they think, you know, I'd really like to be doing that. Uh, but then they get up the next morning and go to the office and do the shopping on the way home and forget about it. Well, maybe the time has come when we do all have to think about our direction of travel. We do all have to stop for a minute and make sure we can go forward. But as John Lennon said, we need to know which way we're facing first. So I'd like to talk about the direction of simplicity and how you can start that journey from wherever your starting point happens to be. And... I'm going to say something that might surprise you now. I think that the journey towards simple living doesn't start with in your garden growing things. It doesn't start within your kitchen cooking things. It doesn't start within your house moving things around and getting rid of things. Those are all secondary. The biggest change that has to take place in you to adopt a simple living lifestyle is what goes on inside you. And it's got something to do with what kind of person you are and how you come across to other people. Because simplicity isn't just about what you do, it's how others see you doing it. So let's just think for a minute about this and let's think about how you relate to other people. I'm sure you're a wonderful person. Um, I, I'm sure everybody says so and, and I, I think you're good anyway. But Maybe you're a critic of yourself. Maybe you look at yourself sometimes and think, well, I didn't handle that very well, or I could have done that better, or I wasn't particularly kind to that person, or I didn't respond to that situation in the way I wanted to respond to. So maybe you need to take some time out to think about the kind of person you want to be. Think about the kind of person when when somebody mentions your name, they think of you as being like this. And if like this is how you want them to think, you've had amazing success there. If they think you're somebody completely different from the person that you think you are, then there's there's a bit of an issue. So how do we relate to other people? It's very, very important before we can start any simple living exercise. And I'm going to say two things to start off with. Two words that, that okay, are banded around all the time, but they're important. One of them is about kindness. Now, kindness is something we think of maybe as a bit fluffy. And maybe kindness doesn't help you in all walks of life. Maybe if you're a, a kind banker you don't do as well as if you're a ruthless banker any bankers out there I'm sorry I don't know why I picked on you particularly but there we go um, you might be if you're a teacher you can be thought of by your pupils as a kind teacher or you can be thought of by your pupils as a nasty teacher now I was a teacher for many years so I can talk about this with some degree of accuracy 
and I can say that you have to work hard on getting the right way that people think about you. So they think, oh yeah, you know, old Lovegrove, he's, he can be a bit difficult, but he's basically a kind person and he basically um, is nice to us, even though he makes us work hard. That's the kind of thing you want to instill in people. So take a good look at your own life and the way you behave towards other people in your family, other people that you work with, neighbours, friends, people you just happen to pass, and ask yourself, are you as kind as you could be? Because kindness is simple. Anybody can be kind, and kindness pays big dividends, not in money or not in kudos or not in esteem but it pays dividends in that people think you're a kind person they respond differently to you so you could start your journey towards simple living by just being kind to people and being kind to people sometimes means asking them how they are and then listening kindness to people sometimes means remembering the name of their spouse or the name of their dog or how many children they've got or it's something like that so when you see them you can say oh how is and that's it it can be remembering if they've been ill and asking them if they're feeling better it can also be little things like letting people go ahead of you in the queue in the supermarket if you've got a great trolley that's going to last you six months till you next get to the shop <laughs> if you're like me and don't have a car that's 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 quite a, a serious problem um, and if somebody comes along with one or two items, you can be kind to them and let them through first. Now, it doesn't matter that they don't know who you are. It doesn't matter they'll never see you again. You've been kindness. You've been kind to them. I'm sorry. And because you've been kind to them, you've done yourself a bit of good because you feel quite good about being kind. And they feel good. They say, "Ah, oh, that man was quite nice to me." And so those things tend to work out quite well. So kindness is one of those things that spread out from people. And if you're kind to people, it also means sometimes doing something quite difficult. It means if somebody is very rude to you, then you've got to find a way of treating them with kindness too. Now, I used to work with somebody who was a much better person than I am. And I remember complaining to this person that, that, that somebody had been quite rude and... Uh, didn't respond to me in the way I thought that they should have done. And he said, you don't know what's happened to them today. Perhaps they've had a really bad day. Perhaps something bad has happened in their family. Perhaps they've had a terrible shock or disappointment. And then you come along and because they can't give you your full attention, you think they're being rude. And the best thing to do with those people is just try and be kind to them and understanding. And he was absolutely right. If you're kind to people, you're not going to do any harm. You might be doing a lot of good and you might be really helping that person. You might be the first person they've come across that has been kind to them in a long time. Um, especially if you live in a big city and there are millions of people milling around and little acts of kindness are good. Little acts of kindness help people. And that brings me on to this second idea I want to talk about, uh, which is the idea of treating people as equals. Now, this is a difficult one because we're not actually used to treating people as equals. We tend to have an idea of people's station in life by 
uh, all sorts of little guides. We, we listen to how they speak. We look at how they're dressed. We, if we're of that mind, we, we might think, oh, that person isn't like me. Uh, this person isn't like me. So what I've got to do, yeah, I'm just trying to remove a cat from sitting in front of me and the microphone. Yeah, I managed it. Um, what you've got to do is, is to try and see everybody as being your equal. Now, being your equal doesn't mean that you're seeing everybody as good as you are, saying, oh, that person is just as good as I It means saying you're just the same as they are. You're, you're a person trying to get through life and do your best, and they are the same. And the fact that they look different from you, or the fact that they sound different from you, or the fact is they don't look like the kind of person you'd normally have anything to do with, shouldn't stop you being nice to them. It shouldn't stop you being kind because if you're really talking about equality, that's what it means. It means treating everybody the same. Now, I'm a Quaker, and so this idea of treating everybody the same goes way, way back to the 17th century and the start of Quakerism, where Quakers, in those days in the 17th century, if you saw somebody that was a social superior of yours so-called then you would take your hat off and bow down to them quakers didn't take their hat off quakers started using the same kind of language to somebody who was a shopkeeper or a stable boy as they would to a duke or an earl or one of these other people so equality is more than an idea equality is actually something you have to put into practice and needless to say this means that you've got to treat people who are not the same sex as you as your equal. Now, some people don't do that. You should. If somebody's not the same sex as you, that doesn't mean that you're better than them or you're different from them. It means that you are both equal. If somebody isn't the same race as you, they are your equal. If somebody isn't the same age as you, they are your equal. If somebody isn't the same sexual orientation as you, they are your equal. If somebody doesn't dress like you, they are your equal. If you don't like the look of somebody, treat them as an equal because they are. And everybody that does any job in life, whether it's sweeping the streets or whether it's the chairman of some multinational, they are equal. They are exactly equal to you. No better, no worse. So with these two ideas in your mind of being nice to everybody, even if they're not nice to you, and treating everyone as your equal, even if they don't treat you as their equal, you're on the road to simplicity. And you will find it leads you into some difficult situations because most people, when you talk about equality, think always about being nice to people that I don't think are quite equal to me, but I'm going to pretend to be. It also means talking to people who think they are vastly superior to you as their equal, and they don't always like it. They don't always like being treated as an equal because they think their social position gives them some special status in life. Well, the news is, in a simple life, it doesn't. Everybody's equal. Everybody's the same level. Everybody has to react to somebody else in the same way. Now, I'm a man, uh, as you can tell from my voice, and I happen to be white. And an awful lot of people will say, oh, well, you're a white male, you're talking from a privileged position. I know I am. 
I know I have not suffered racism in my life. I know I have suffered some sexism, but not the kind of sexism that women uh, suffer daily in their everyday life and in their jobs and in the way people talk to them and the way people treat them. That's not good. I know some people treat old people badly. Some people treat children badly because they regard them as some other beings. To lead a simple life, you've got to go to bed every night thinking, yeah, I've been kind to everybody today, and yeah, I've treated everybody as my equal. Now, the second thing that you can start right away, and you can start from tomorrow, is think very carefully about what you wear. And I'm going to talk about this more in later uh, podcasts, but for today... Those two ideas about being kind and about treating everybody as your equal, that can be reflected a little bit in how we dress. We can dress in a way that seems to up or down our status. We can dress in a way that makes us stand out. We can do all these things and it doesn't matter how you dress, it's your choice. But do try not to use the way that you dress as a way of emphasising the fact that you are different from other people. Try and use your dress to reflect who you are, who you are, not who some, not how you should appear to somebody else. So if your dress normally requires you, your job requires you to dress in a certain way, ask yourself the question, do I really need to do that? Um, and as I say, I was a teacher and teachers generally dress different from their students. The but do you need to? Could you dress differently if you have to wear a, a tie to work? Could you not wear a tie? What would happen? If you're a woman and your employer ex expects you to dress in a certain way, do you need to do that? Could you say, well, I don't actually want to dress like that. I want to dress differently. I'm not suggesting that you dress in an inappropriate way for the life you lead or the job you do. But I am suggesting you don't use the way you dress as a way to emphasise the fact that you're necessarily better than anybody else or more powerful than anybody else. And if you're the kind of person that does a job where you get to say what other people wear, if you're a manager of an organisation, think about if you're being really fair about the dress rules you impose on the people that work for you. And could you make that more egalitarian by toning it down a little bit. Now, why is that important for simplicity? Because to lead a simple life, one of the things you need to do is to get up every morning and get dressed. And if you get dressed in a way that is for other people, or if you get dressed in a way to emphasize your social status or your position in life, you're not being simple. You're making it very complicated. If you get up in the morning and think, yeah, I know what I'm going to wear today, that's fine. I, I, I have a, a friend who is homesteading in Oregon in the States and they have a rule. What do I wear today? What I was wearing yesterday. <laughs> and that's fine. If that's the kind of life you lead, that's the way you should dress. I I'm work in the home here. I work in the garden, in the land. I'm either chopping wood or gardening or cooking or cleaning the house or doing one of the thousand jobs that make up a simple life, and I dress accordingly. And I also like to do this thing called dressing for the day. Now, dressing for the day means I get up in the morning 
and I have to think, right, how cold is it today? What am I going to be doing today? And I put the clothes on and nine times out of ten, those clothes will last me all day. Um, I'm the kind of person that likes a bath at the end of the day because I do so many mucky things. And um, uh, I dress for the day. I decide what to wear for the day and I wear it. Some people don't do that. Some people change clothing three or four times. Some people change clothes and they go to work and they come back and change again to other clothes. I, I know if you, if you have to do that, if you have to wear something bizarre uh, for work, then that's fine, something you wouldn't want to wear for the rest of the day. But try and think about dressing for the day. Try and think about the day ahead and think, what am I going to do today? How do I need to dress? Am I dressed appropriately for the weather? Am I dressed appropriately for what I want to do? Now, if you're working in the garden and you have to go to the shops later on that day, you can wear the same clothes that you're wearing in the garden to go to the shops. Of course you can. You just have to brush yourself off a bit and you might need to, you know, wash up. And if you've got really filthy and muddy, you know, change that item of clothing. But if you're dressing for the day, you're going to be fine. And people will get to know you like that. And it's another form of being equal. Say, right, I've been doing gardening. This is how I dress. Now I stop doing the gardening. That's fine. I'm still wearing the same thing. If you then have to go to the dentist, you wear the same things. You don't have to get changed at all these things. If, you, if you're going to meet friends afterwards, you can go and meet friends in the clothes you've been wearing. If you give it a little bit of thought, I'm not saying you have to dress scruffily, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you dress for the day, it will make your life simple. For these reasons, one, you don't have to change your clothing. Two, you reduce your laundry bill by a little bit. You don't have to spend quite so much time um, putting clothes in the washing machine and using up washing powder and using up the planet's resources. Your clothes, you change them when they're dirty and when you need to change them, not because you're going to the shop so you need to do something else. And it will help people understand the kind of person you are. The kind of person you are is a simple person that dresses according to what they have to do and that's the end of the problem. So dressing for the day is important. Now, I, I spent a lot of time in an earlier podcast talking about um, the idea that simple living isn't the same as minimalistic living. And you might go to your wardrobe and if you're a minimalist, you say, right, I only want three white shirts and two pairs of trousers. And so, No, if you're living a simple life you may need lots of clothing you'll need rain wear and you'll need snow wear and you'll need you know decorating wear and you'll need all sorts of things you'll need extra jumpers when it's cold you'll need you know all these things and yeah you you may have a fair bit of clothing there what you should do though as an early exercise in radical simple living which is what we're all about here is not throw all your clothes away or give your clothes to charity, but if there's things you don't wear and things that don't fit you anymore and things that don't fit in with the kind of person you are now and how you want to come across to others, then those things can go. And there's plenty of things you can do with old clothing. You can send it to a charity shop and someone will find it. You can put it in one of these bins that there are outside supermarkets where a charity will either sell or use or recycle your clothing in some way. So don't throw it away. Take your clothing and 
use it. If you've got children that are grown out of clothing, try and find some children locally who are a bit younger than your children and offer it to the parents. And if the parents are a bit offended, well, you know, there we go, offer it to somebody else then instead. Clothing should last all its lifetime. And if you're not wearing it, then somebody else should be. You don't have to minimalise your wardrobe by throwing away vast amounts of clothing. But every time a piece of clothing wears out, or every time a piece of clothing reaches the point where it doesn't fit you anymore, or it's too old to wear anymore, ask yourself, do I need to replace this bit of clothing? Maybe it's your main winter coat and you do need to replace it. Or maybe you can say, well, it is a winter coat, but I've got two other winter coats. So this one can go to charity and I'll make do with the other two. It doesn't mean, don't, it, it, above all, don't give things away that you're going to need to go and replace. That's not simple living. Give things away, give things to charity. If you don't need to replace them, don't replace them. If you do, replace them. Now, three things will happen to you now if you, if you listen to all those three bits of advice. And they are only advice. You don't have to do any of these things. This is not a, a, a podcast about I know all the answers and you don't, so do as I say. It's a podcast about think about these things and see if they're suitable for your life. But if you were the kind of person who decided to be kinder to everybody, if you were the kind of person who decided to treat everybody as your equal, be they high and mighty or lowly, you treat them all as equals. And if you were the kind of person that dresses appropriately for the day that you have ahead, then you would be well on your way to starting a radically new simple life before you get into all the other things that we're going to talk about in other podcasts. Now, this podcast is doing very well in some parts of the world. It's doing very well in New Zealand and in Australia. I've got the figures back and a lot of people are listening down there. And I will tell people in Australia and New Zealand that are listening that it's winter here. There's deep snow outside and it's cold. And I am thinking of you all working away in your gardens in the summer, getting a little bit too hot, but having wonderful sunshine and wonderful time outside. Uh, and that's wonderful. And I'm glad you like listening to the podcast and I hope you continue to do so. Wherever you're listening, please do two things. A, subscribe. If you're on Audible or if you're on Apple or if you're on any of the other ways you can listen to this podcast, subscribe. Do give it a star rating. Do like it and do leave comments for me. Now, you can leave comments wherever you're listening to this podcast or you can find me on social media and, and do the same thing. That's fine. But I do like to hear from you and know what you think of what I'm doing here. OK, that's all for this week. I've got some a few other things to do here, but I'm going to enjoy doing them because my life is very simple. And you know what? I love every minute of it. OK. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.